0: To Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fulick People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know Disasters can happen to anyone The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock.
1: And welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix, uh, 2019. And uh, our first hour, we talked with uh, some guests that were uh, had some different experiences and told us about the sessions they were presenting. We had Terris Lee and James Green, who are from SAI Global. They are the global, uh, sorry, the gold sponsors here at the conference. So, really appreciate them coming and uh, taking the time to sit with us and talk about their presentation, which was uh, business, climate change, and organizational resiliency. We we touched on uh, organizational resiliency, which is uh, the theme here. And then uh, we welcomed back Regina Phelps, and Regina has been on the show a couple of times, uh, even the live broadcast last year from Phoenix, and we talked about cyber threats and uh, testing. And her her book, uh, Cyber Breach: Designing an Exercise to Map a Ready Strategy. And then we talked with uh, Brian and Jed from Regroup and their notification application. Now, we were going to start off with a couple of guests today, but uh, I know uh, there's still quite a few people uh, having lunch, so uh, we're a little bit behind uh, for, for, for guests. If, if they make it here uh, soon, we'll, we'll bring them on and uh, we'll start uh, talking with their uh, topic. They had a session, uh, Resilience and Innovation Leadership, uh, which again leads back to the key theme of the conference, um, so, in the meantime, while we're waiting for them or we wait for our next uh, a guest, uh, one thing that uh, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, at some point is uh, the industry change, how our industry is changing, uh, especially with uh, resilience. If we go back a few years ago, we were all talking about uh, you know Y2K and different applications and things that we needed here, but now the industry is changing and I think the industry needs to change i don 't think we can continue doing exactly what we 're doing uh, every year over and over and over again. We need to change uh, if we didn 't change we 'd all be driving Model T's you know from the Ford organization. Um, they had to change because of other comp- competitors and other ways of doing things were introduced over time. so we ended up with different makes and models and different companies. With it, technology moving so fast these days, you know, by the time you buy your new laptop, it's already out of date um, half the time. You know, with new applications and uh, new things to to do and use it for, that we can't use it uh, anymore. We need to upgrade. So with with that changing, we our industry can't just stay the same and do the same thing over and over and over again. We need to look at different ways of doing things. And with that, I want to mention the uh, adaptive BCP movement, which is uh, stating stop doing the BIA or the risk assessment um, and whether you agree with it or whether you don't, it is uh, sparking the conversation of change. You know, changing the way we are doing things you know let 's not do the BIA or the risk assessment. however, there are multiple ways of doing those. Uh, we talked with Dr. Michael C. Redmond, and she told us that she mixes she combines the risk assessment and the BIA together when she does them, um, which is different than what other people do, and they may do both the risk assessment and the BIA separate as separate initiatives. She combines them and then adaptive BCP is saying getting rid of them. And I think it really matters uh, or relates to the organization you have and, and your culture and what you may know at the time. If you already know your level of risk and you already have an understanding of what is key to your business, you can and you may opt to not do a BIA or a risk assessment. You know, it depends on the information you have uh, on hand, of course. I'm not saying every organization stop doing something or start doing something. But you may already have direction from your executive team to do something. And if that's the case, you may opt out of doing a BIA and go straight to a business continuity plan to make sure that your executive is getting what they want. And that can happen. And it does happen. I've been with organizations where um, they've already said, you know, where do you know, what the impact is going to be to the organization if something goes wrong. We already know where our key points of failure are. We already know who our key people are. We already know our key processes. And uh, sometimes they've got the documentation to back it up. So we want you to come in and help document contingencies based on these impacts. This is what we want. This is what we want to see at the end. And if you're doing that, well then you, you are making a change. You're changing the way that you're operating. And you have to adapt it to each organization. Not every organization is going to do the same thing. Every, everybody is different. Different sizes, different locations. Uh, you're different focus. You have different culture. Everything is a little bit different. So it's difficult to say that every organization has to follow um, the guidelines placed on you by Um, some of the standards that are out there. I'm not going to name any because I don't want anyone to think I'm pointing fingers or singling anyone out because I'm not. I think all, I'm on record in saying all standards and guidelines that are out there all offer benefits to everybody. And they are uh, guidelines and standards to follow to help you build your program. Some of it may apply, some of it may not. You know, it depends on the size of your uh, organization again, you know, and your hierarchy and how you're set up and your culture. Some things may apply, some may not. But again, our industry needs to be adaptable and be able to change based on that so that what you end up developing is fit for your purpose. So our industry is needing to change. I don't think it can stay the same as it is uh, year after year without new products and services being introduced. How can we not change the way we're doing things? There are so many different ways of doing things out there, and here at drj we 've got a lot of vendors and uh, exhibitors with new tools and new ways to view things uh, to execute things you know to to build and and talk about and communicate. so how can our industry not adapt to that when the products that are out there are changing what we need you know, and how we do it so our industry has to change as well we can 't say that the adaptive movement No, that's wrong well it may be wrong from your perspective but it could be just perfect for another organization you don't know that and you really can't say you know that it's not good for a particular organization there are merits to it and there are other things yes that uh, may not work but you know uh, that's the change in our industry and i'm sure change is going to come based on some of the information that we're hearing and uh, talking to people here with resilience at the DRJ conference. So we're going to take our break now and we'll be right back with some some guests and we're broadcasting live from DRJ, Phoenix.
2: Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop, voiceamerica.com. Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit drj.com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events.
0: Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex fuller Email your questions to info at stone-road.com Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: And welcome back. We are broadcasting live from Phoenix, DRJ Conference. That music is always ominous, isn't it? It always makes me feel ominous. We have our next guest. We have Mr. Dirk uh, Ramaker. Am I saying it right? Ramaker from Flexential. Dirk, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, pleasure meeting you, Alex, and thank you for having me live here at the uh, DRJ.
1: Can you tell me about Flexential? Because I haven't heard that name before.
3: Sure can. Flexential uh, came to creation uh, last late year, uh, (laughs) late last year when we merged between VIAVEST and Peak 10. So we are a hybrid IT provider, providing data center services, cloud services. And if you really look in the context of DRJ today, we're talking about business resiliencing. We're talking about business impact analysis and risk mitigation. So essentially all the services we have at Flexential are services helping you with risk mitigation. So if you have concerns about your on-premise data center and you are looking at power, cooling, potential problems occurring with that, we can offer you a co-location space in one of our 40 data centers nationwide. So 40 data centers from east to west, also presence in Amsterdam and London. I was gonna ask if you were just in the United States. Uh, We have uh, presence in Amsterdam and London, and then we also are landing station for Pacific cables in our Portland facility. So if you have business in uh, Pacific Rim region, you can actually hop directly on the cable from our facilities, get low latency connectivity in there, and do DR from Pacific uh, regions like Hong Kong, Thailand, Taiwan. So all of those regions over there back into our facilities.
1: So if I was a customer, what do I get? Uh, Is there a a suite of different products or do I get that whole thing that you just mentioned?
3: Yeah, you have a selection of many different products we have in our portfolio. Again, most of the products are geared towards the R services. We have our professional services organization. So once you go through your whole risk mitigation and business continuity plan and you end up at the IT portion of that plan, so our professional services can help you out with um, readiness assessment for DRs, the DR the planning. So, and it's not just our services we are providing as DR mm-hmm. tools, it's also services you get from Hyperscale. So if you have a hybrid environment, going into Amazon, going into Azure, and you can combine those services uh, through us as well. So the uh, service uh, themselves we have, we have our 41 data centers across the nation, we have cloud services. We have 16 cloud nodes nationwide we are offering. So you can uh, decide to outsource your IT services into the cloud, not hyperscaler, but uh, our cloud environment. We have the on-ramps to hyperscalers in case you're running um, hybrid environments. And then we also have a whole variety of the R tools, specifically geared for DR, so like real-time replication tools, where you can replicate your on-premise environment or your cloud environment into our DR nodes. We have six DR nodes nationwide. Now, is that um, right away, you know, um, or is there a delay, like you do that
1: once every hour or do you do it, you know, when you do a transaction here, it automatically goes to our DR center? Do you have that
3: capability? Yeah, it's a uh, new <coughs> real-time replication. So it's depending on where your source is and mm-hmm. how fast your bandwidth is so typically our customers seeing in real time about less than five minutes RPO time so the data loss is very minimal of course if you have a slow location or slow bandwidth from on-prem to our recovery centers that might right. extend a little bit but it's uh, very fast in replication it's not synchronous it's still asynchronous so you still have some data loss in it mm-hmm. when you fail over but we can cover Pretty much any major metropolitan area within 600 mile radius, so that allows you to have that low latency in there for replication. But also, when you fail over and you have latency critical applications, you're fairly close to the R side if you choose to really. do so, or you can go east west. So you can have your production on the east coast go into the R's and on the west coast, depending on what your requirements are. That's
1: interesting. You just said that because I was thinking as you were talking, what if um because of all the storms, let's say, that just went by on the East Coast, uh, hurricanes that just went by. If you have multiple clients who have um, disasters, quote, and need your services. You said you've got 41 sites, so I guess you're able to leverage all of those to address all those companies that might be impacted on the East Coast, correct? Yeah, we have uh,
3: 41 sites primarily for co-location business, so companies who really want to get out of their own data center and go into a facility which is secured, compliant, has power and and, um, cooling available 100% of the time. Uh, The R centers are six nodes we have uh, nationwide. So we can shift load between the R nodes if we want to. Customs also have the option to replicate to multiple nodes. So if they're really, really high-end requirements say, okay, Mm -hmm. I have to have my data in more than one location, and I have to be able to bring up my computer more than one location, we can actually accommodate that as well.
1: That must be quite the challenge if you have a disaster and a whole bunch of your clients are
3: experiencing uh, a situation at the same time. It uh, sure is, uh, but we're doing it every day, all day long. And uh, we have a lot of experience in the data center business, so we are experience with disasters, so like you mentioned storms we have on the uh, West Coast, the East Coast uh, environments. We really have go teams going out to the data center. So we have all the procedures, all the, the processes in place to really deal with that and that really goes into our DR sites as well.
1: So if I'm a, a client and you know, I'm uh, signed up with your services, what do I need to provide you to enable you to get me what I need? What
3: do I have to give you? Yeah, we have various options. So we have uh, customers who are very sophisticated with the R. They have the knowledge, they have the in expertise to bring it up. So we have offerings which really allow you to really contract for the uh, storage and compute. And then you're in charge of building your side, uh, building your VLANs, mm-hmm. networking infrastructure access on there. But we also have customers on the other end of the spectrum who say, okay, we haven't really done DRAS, at all, so we don't really know what's all involved, what we have to look out for. So we have two options. We have our professional services who can help you with DR planning and um, disaster execution, Uh, not just in our environment, but on a holistic scale. Or we have offering specifically to our DRAS where we say, okay, we just have certain questionnaires where we say, please tell us what is your IP addressing, what is your network layout, how are your applications uh, working with each other? And we are just copying and move that over into the DR side and bringing the customer up there. And then in the end, once everything is configured, we're running tests and making sure everything is linking
1: in. So it really depends on, on my own um Uh, my own company's maturity really as to what I provide you and what you're able to do for me if I'm uh, not as uh, my program's not as mature then you're going to be more involved to, to help me but if I've got a lot then you know, the service might be a little bit different.
3: Yeah, so it, it's really, I mean, we span the whole gamut of customers. Right. So it's from the small customers who might have five machines and has never thought about the R yeah. and how they bring the <laughs> yeah, R over. True. So <laughs> we're really helping to educate the customer and really make it a successful journey. And we have uh, large customers who have like several thousand machines They want to bring into a DR environment. So some of those uh, customers have resource constraints, so we augment their resources and help them sort of the R process. Some customers have uh, very large programs internally. They know how to do it, they just need another target platform to right. execute on. So we're offering basically both both worlds.
1: Are there any challenges, considering you mentioned you've got the 41 sites here, now is that just in United States? The That's just in
3: the United States.
1: How do you bring in or are there any challenges with having sites in London and Amsterdam you mentioned? Or, or does it really matter considering the way the globe, globe is so interconnected these days? Does does it really matter?
3: Or, or that's a very interesting question. And uh, from a technical perspective, no, there are not really any challenges. Latency may be a little bit uh, bandwidth. Everything is fine. The uh, main challenges we see is regulatory uh, mm-hmm. nature. So you have GDPR uh, going in Europe and other European regulatory frameworks. Customers have to comply with which just prevent you from doing the R from EU into the US or vice versa. So th- there are certain uh, things in the background we have to watch out for.
1: And I assume you've got specialists who can help yes. with that. Because I, I'm, not, I'm assuming, you do not, not asking for names, but i assuming you work with some global companies that might you, you have to deal with that kind of situation, right?
3: Yeah, we actually have compliance department and uh, our compliance department deals with a lot of those international issues as well.
1: So how do people get in touch with you guys if, if they've got questions?
3: The easiest <coughs> way is just go to our website at www.flexcentral.com. So you find an overview of all our services, our history, so we're in business for data centers for more than two decades, so a pretty long time. And uh, we can get in touch with you there.
1: Great. How did you get involved with DRJ? What made you?
3: We're actually doing some very analysis with DRJ, and uh, we thought DRJ is really a great platform. As we go through business continuity programs, at some point you end up on technology the, <laughs> the <Yes>. most critical <coughs> factor, yes. and that's where we provide a lot of tools to uh, get into the environment and really execute your plan.
1: Now, at the beginning of our conversation, you said uh, Flexential that it was two companies that merged. Were there any challenges with that? Because they probably, I'm assuming, had different different technical expertise. Were there any challenges in bringing those together?
3: Uh, I wouldn't say challenges. <clears throat> we have a wide variety of portfolio and uh, services we are offering. So with the different groups, there were different features, different options. So we are merging those options together, getting more unified offerings in there. But it really uh, gives you a good opportunity on broadness of your services, the offering. So we can, I would say, pretty much address any DR challenge when it comes to IT services because we have cloud. We have all of our facilities are connected with a 100 gigabit network. So you can actually be in multiple facilities. You can run hybrid, do DR yourself, do some in the cloud, do some in the audio side. So you can build like this whole ecosystem and uh, bring it in. I'm just kind of curious. With um, you mentioned uh,
1: some of the other services you have, do you just focus on DR? Because you mentioned data centers, and I, so I'm just wondering: do you also offer um, normal business as usual data uh, operation services, or is it do you strictly focus on the disaster recovery side?
3: Well, I'm product manager for data protection, so disaster recovery is one of my (laughs) products. That's why I'm focusing on the (laughs) R. So you could say uh, co-location services or cloud services are everyday services you use. Mm -hmm. I look at it differently. I say if you realize that you might have risk in your own data center because of cooling power, or if you have risk on uh, staffing or knowledge you have, not being able to manage your systems, you can go into the cloud. So for me, it's a DR, it's a risk mitigation tool, so which plays into the DR world. So from my perspective, pretty much all services we have are DR related to some extent. And, (coughs) excuse me, I'm
1: losing my voice today. See, I talk too much on these things. (laughs) So, um, is we only have a couple of minutes left. Is there anything you want to tell us uh, about uh, Flexential? You know, some some extra information maybe we didn't cover here?
3: Well, uh, some of the information, we have uh, interconnected uh, data center networks. So we have 100 gigabit connectivity between all of our facilities. So that really positions us very well into the edge networking arena. So we are offering a lot of edge networking where you basically bring your payload closer to the market and then utilize our internal network connectivity to connect between different sites. So we also do have uh, on-ramps to Google, Amazon, Azure. So if you are consuming services in any of those hyperscale environments, we actually can transition right into those environments so you don't have to worry about connectivity and then contracting separately. So you can all do that out of one ecosystem and uh, really take advantage of the integration between all of those things.
1: Well, it's still got to be a challenge though, you're all around the globe. Yes,
3: <laughs> I think IT in general is a challenge, uh, if you look at some of these sessions we uh, attended today, uh, everything boils down to technology and the risk associated with technology, if it's just the maintenance or the cyber risk, so it's, it's a risky business. <laughs> well, that, that is our business, right, Risk,
1: yep. risk and risk management. What if, um, you mentioned uh, giving requirements really from, or receiving requirements from business. Do you have people that help me if I'm an immature, (laughs) probably the wrong word, but I'm talking about myself here, an immature company, um, you know, to give you what my RPO is and uh, RTO, or does that come from you guys as well? Do I have to tell you what that is, or do you say based on what you've given me, this is what it is?
3: Again, either way. (coughs) So we offer different DR tools, so we have real-time replication, we have backup-based DR, So everything has a little bit different RPO, RTO time. Mm -hmm. And I think the key is really for customers to be able to identify what their needs are. So we assisting customers with that professional services or regular customer onboarding uh, service to say, let's go through environment, identify your tier one systems, which really need a low RPO. And what's really the cost associated with the data loss. So we're talking about, about monetary loss and reputational loss, but if you really lose data, can you even reproduce the data? Yeah, yeah. So I you? think that's the biggest challenge a lot of people don't think about. So if you have an uh, um, e-commerce site and you're losing thousands of orders because your systems were down an hour and you fail over, so how do you reproduce those orders? You don't even know they are there. That's true, yeah. The data is just gone. It's gone. So how, how do you deal with that? So and we're really helping Educating the customer in that respect and really identifying what they need, and then depending on their needs, we go into like tier one, tier two, tier three kind of environment or hybrid environments.
1: Well, it's good that you're able to assist you know your your clients that way, you know not just okay here's the technology. You know it's good that you've got the the background and the knowledge to be able to help educate them how and why they need that technology based on what they do and you know what the information they give you and. You be as you just kind of mentioned, identifying the gaps. Yeah, and you know, that's as well to say, well, well that can't happen because this is what you're saying. You know, oh, so I have to revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our
3: name, Flexential. So it's flexibility and essential tools we are offering to customers. I knew Flex so. was in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've come to the end of this segment. Uh, I want to thank you very thank much you very for your much, time Alex. and really all the best it. with Flexential. Knowing that uh, you know you're, you're you're new, but kind of not new. know yeah. You're you're a new name, but you've got a lot of experience and, and uh, people behind you. Sure it. do. So that's great. Congratulations on Flexential, and thank you again Bye. for being on the show. Thanks again. Okay, we are recording live from Phoenix, DRJ. We will be right back.
2: Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Join Voice America and host Alex Fulick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit drj.com. Dot com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
0: are you ready for a disaster if you are like many people in the world that answer may sadly be no You're listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live today from DRJ Phoenix 2019. My next guest is actually representing DRJ, John Seals. John, welcome back to the show. Thank you.
4: Thanks for having you me.
1: You were on our live broadcast last year. Yes. Talking about DRJ. Yes. So you're an old hat at all this. You know this. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> and now, uh, I understand from our chat earlier today, you take care of all the podcasts for DRJ.
4: I do. Uh, it's been a, uh, a nice, uh, nice addition to DRJ. Uh, it's been very difficult to learn how to... Uh, had to do all the technical things but it's uh
1: it's fun but well, can you critique the two guys behind me over here that they seem to be doing, doing a great job yeah? so far yeah. you, you sure yeah okay from well. what I <laughs> you wouldn't believe the things they say through the headphones that i oh hear. Yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I would. <laughs> so how's the conference going so far
4: very good very good we've we've uh we had a, a couple of hiccups but everything uh you know it's uh it's a great conference and we're just happy to be back in phoenix and great hotel for us
1: oh yeah this is a, a great great place not very large
4: yeah it's we are at an odd uh situation where our our conference has a a big um we need a lot of meeting rooms and we have a, we need a lot of um space for exhibit hall and all of that and um, so there's not a whole lot of hotels that can handle us around the country so it's a it's it's a good and bad situation so we we really love this place and uh um happy to be back. I think it, I think we're signed up for at least for two years, and then we have a contract on the table for another couple of years. So, so.
1: Th- this is year two here? I think, I think this is three. Three here. Okay. Yeah. So it's got to be kind of good to be in a position where you're, you're big and successful. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So tell us a little about uh, DRJ overall. What does uh, Disaster Recovery Journal do and offer to everybody that's in the business continuity, disaster, resilience realm? Well, Disaster Recovery
4: Journal was founded in 1987 and, uh, by, our, by Richard Arnold. And a lot of our, um, it started, he had, a, he had one of the first hot sites. And when he would try to go out and sell um, his, uh, his hot site, uh, the companies didn't know what it was. <laughs> and so he thought there needs to be more education in this field so that companies realize that they need to back up their data. And mm-hmm. so he um, started a magazine. Had no int- no experience in publications at all, and um, they uh, and they just got some great people all along the way. Got uh, in touch. Got in line with um, uh, Ed Devlin, who's probably the father mm-hmm. of the industry, yep. and uh, he's been you know he was always a, a big part of our organization for all those for probably 25 of our 32 years. So he's, uh, you know, he's retired now, along with Richard Arnold. And uh, so Bob has been taking control. Uh, Richard had a stroke four years after he started the magazine and two years after the first conference. So Bob basically took over as a 22-year-old kid. And um, he's been running ever since, and he's done a great job. So
1: Yeah, I've tried to get him uh, to come up and talk, but he, he won't go for it like, Wha- no, 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 no. He, that's not yeah, for me. He's,
4: uh, <coughs> he's, he loves to stay behind the scenes. He does a lot of work. He and, and Rose uh, Chatro have just done so much work for this conference. It's, it's just amazing.
1: I know. I got a lot of emails from uh, Rose. Even yeah. the last couple of days, I've got quite a few from Rose. Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> She's on the ball.
1: Now, you also uh, take care of the magazine, correct?
4: Yes. Yeah, I'm the editor of the magazine. Um, I worked in newspaper for uh, 12 years before that. Um, mainly doing sports, and then I went over to page design and all that, and then I just answered a blind ad for a, a magazine and, and uh, got the job. So, and I've been here 18 years.
1: So, what if somebody has an article? How do they get in touch with you if, if they want to submit something? They just because I know you're always looking for things.
4: Yeah, always looking for articles. Um, just send it to me at john j o n at drj dot com.
1: I think I owe you one. Yeah, I said I was always gonna send two, and I know I only yeah. sent one last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah.
4: But uh, there's a, uh, you know, I can send you the, our submission guidelines or they're also on the website, but uh, most of our articles are anywhere from 500 to 3,000 words, any business continuity related topic. So you can get off into emergency management or risk management, um, crisis communication. Uh, those are kind of our four buckets. And so um, we try to have all of our, most of our content in those, those four areas. And, um,
1: but you welcome, you know, different thinking oh, yeah. and things like that. Oh, right? yeah,
4: very much so. Even even things that, you know, because every article, even though, um, even if you write an article that is in third person, it's still your opinion. Yeah, that's you know, true. You, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not our opinion as Disaster Recovery Journal. We're, we're just the conduit. So, um, you know, we've had some controversial, controversial uh, articles and some subject matter that uh, people, well, you know, the big topic the past couple of years has been like adaptive. Yes, and yeah. uh, and we've ran articles on both sides, and um, people are very passionate on both sides, and um, and that's great. That's great. That's what we, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to to help give uh, business continuity professionals and emergency managers and risk managers and crisis communications managers the information they need to help them do their job better and find other people in the industry. Uh, to network with and learn from each other and get certified and move up and you know do big things
1: and that won't happen if you know you're always uh, providing the exact same information all the time right,
4: right? oh yeah it's it's <coughs> you know th- everything is um you know there uh, we was I was talking to someone the other day and they said you know that there's so much that is the same, but you know they're not putting tapes in the back of a truck and taking them to a an off site somewhere anymore i mean they're yeah there are some that still do that Mm -hmm. but i mean the majority you know it's it's in the cloud there's all kind you know the emergency notification companies over the past decade or so has just exploded
1: oh yeah i remember you know two three key players and now it's you can add a zero on the end of those oh yeah
4: yeah and i remember when there weren't any
1: yeah when it was just
4: call trees and you know (laughs) my first my
1: first brp job was actually to do that (laughs) yeah
4: yeah and then they thought it was a it was a big deal when you know when everybody had a cell phone in their pocket, and they were like, oh, well, now we can contact people, you know, and yeah. Twitter and things like that, and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, but, you know, during an emergency, your phones don't, no, don't necessarily always work, you know, you get overloaded, you know, they overload the circuits of, yeah. you know, nine eleven or one of those kind of situations, you can't get a call out, and what do you do? Yeah. So.
1: Now, this morning at the general session, uh, at the beginning when we mm-hmm. had the uh, everybody in one room and... Uh, There was a special announcement this morning that DRJ now has a mentoring program. Can you tell us about that?
4: Yeah, it's a it's a free uh, program where um, we're trying to get 200 matches of mentors and mentees. Um, It's uh, 10 months, and it is there is a a a program that an app, I believe, an app and a program that go together that will uh, help not only connect the people, but help them maintain um, connection so that there is constantly um, things that have to be met in certain time frames and they kind of keep on the ball. Uh, that way it's not just, you know, hey, here's someone that could be your mentor. Here's their email. And if they don't follow up, then that's it. Right. You know, with this situation, there are there are um, a group of individuals that, that help keep on everyone on track, and that also, um, and that also, um, you know, the, the app keeps them connected as well.
1: So if, let's say, I was interested in being a mentor or being mentored, how do I get involved with that? Do you I go, go somewhere? Or? Yeah,
4: you go to drj.com slash mentor, and you fill out a form, and there's a, um, they basically do that so that you can, they can match up individuals with, you know, if you're a, a, a mentee, find someone that has experience in the, in your fields of interest and the same way that if you're a mentor, you know, to match you up with someone who can gain from your knowledge. And that's, that's really what DRJ is all about is, is, uh, helping be a conduit to that knowledge. And you said it's free. It is free.
1: Which has got to be the best. Yeah. You know, that there is. That had to have been a challenge putting that together though.
4: Yeah, it was. The, uh, the software was, uh, was, uh, is a challenge. Um, was you know there were a lot of a comp- there are a few companies out there that do that and this is a great software and there are um, but the people that have that are running it um, are really do a great job um, Tracy Rice and uh, Nate Bridges have done a lot with it um, Tracy of course is is not here she was in a she had a bike wreck and shattered her wrist Ooh. so um, she had surgery i believe at the end of the last week so she uh, will be recovering for a while, but she is uh, she's a go-getter. If you know anything about her, I think you've probably interviewed her before. But she's she's just a really uh, just a great leader. Well, if in you industry. hear
1: this, Tracy, hopefully you're feeling better and uh, on the Yes. You know, um, we only have about 30 seconds left. Any final words for DRJ?
4: Well, the only thing I, can, I think it, I can think of is that you know you mentioned articles. I'm always looking for content. Um, we have a new website that is um, about to launch in October, so that's Octobers tomorrow <laughs> oh,
5: so yes, some, that's true so right?
4: sometime uh, sometime over the next 30 days the new website will launch and everything will be uh, located in those four buckets those four areas of uh, disaster recovery business or you know risk management um, crisis management and um, I forgot which one I left <laughs> out. But the, the four bucks. It's uh, okay. This You, you of can course. be forgiven. I, yeah. I know
1: you're busy with the conference, so that's yeah. okay. So thanks, John, for, for your time okay. and coming back on the show and telling us about the mentoring and drj.com. Uh, we are broadcasting live from Phoenix, drj2019. We'll be right back. Okay.
2: Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop, voiceamerica.com. Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit DRJ. Dot com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
0: are you ready for a disaster if you are like many people in the world that answer may sadly be no are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from the Phoenix 2019 DRJ Conference. And I'd like to welcome back to the show again for, I think this is our third time. Third time. Third time. Cheyenne Marling. Cheyenne, Mm -hmm. welcome back to the show.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: Now, I understand you are doing a uh, panel discussion Mm -hmm. presentation tomorrow. So what's that all about? What are you going to be talking about?
5: Oh, well, we're going to be talking about how to break the mold and different perspective on leadership. So Mm -hmm. leadership skills are so very important within any job, really, but even more importantly within the business continuity profession, because when you're activating your program due to an event or... Um, if you're trying to get buy-in with executive leadership, those leadership skills, those, those those soft skills are so very important. So we're covering it from all different aspects with three individuals talking at the panel.
1: So what are the backgrounds of all the individuals? Now, I know your background. Maybe yes. you might want to give us a, a minute or two on, on your background and what the other panel uh, people will be coming from.
5: Of course. So um, myself, I've been in the industry now for 20 years, and I fell into it um, as a recruiter. Um, I started placing all of these business continuity professionals. I thought I was going to come to California and start placing Java programmers, but <laughs> I got just enthralled and swept into this industry. Everyone was so passionate about what they do in business continuity planning, and I just got hook, line, sinker, sucked, you know, sucked right in. Um, they, I then That's started how we all fall into exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know, meet too many people that go to college going one day I'm going to be a business continuity professional. <laughs> Um, and then I started BC Management in March of 2000. So my background's always been the recruiting. We also do a lot of data research, um, assessing careers, compensations, program analytics. So that's my background. Um, two other people on the panel, we were supposed to have Tracy Forbes, Rice, excuse me. And um, unfortunately, she's not here. She shattered her wrist. So That's what
1: John was just saying in the previous yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, segment. Yeah.
5: So very, very bummed that she will not be here because I, we got into the industry at the same time. Different backgrounds, but same time, a lot of similar stories. John Jackson will be filling in for her. And funny story with John Jackson, because I got into the industry and Calm Disco is my first client. Ooh, so that goes back. Yes, and so my first conference for DRJ was Hurricane Floyd back in 1999. And everyone was activating their program. They're all leaving the conference and what have you. And I stepped up to John Jackson and I said, excuse me, I've been working with you and placing a lot of people with your company, <laughs> so that was fun. So he's in the panel tomorrow as well, and then the other person is Alice Kaltimer. She's also BCI, um, so she has a very interesting career perspective as well.
1: She's, I, I, th- I think, the president of the U.S. chapter. Yes. Am I right?
5: I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And I know John has actually been on the show.
5: Oh, very good. I, I would suspect he probably has been.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I found an old article of his in a DRJ <laughs> oh actually, Oh my anyway. gosh wow, I don't remember this article and I read it again and I thought, let's see if I can get him on the show.
5: That's and funny, he came on. small world, yes, funny, funny.
1: So you're gonna be talking about these different uh, leaderships. How do you define uh, you know, good leadership from what you see you yeah. know, through the recruiting perspective?
5: So leadership skills, it's really about being able to champion others and you want to be a mentor, you want to champion others, you want to be someone that people want to work with and work for. Um, so many leaderships it's really the soft skills so do you motivate other people do you are you able to have those um, discussions at all levels across the organization? Um, another aspect that we talk about in the presentation is that brand, your so, your brand is says a lot about who you are, how you act one-on-one, how you act within groups, and that brand is even more important within our industry because people look at you when there's an event and something going on and you have to activate the program. People are looking at you and your expertise. Are you calm under pressure? So that's really imperative within our industry. But the brand, it's human nature to assess how other people are gonna pr- um, expect out of you one-on-one so those one-on-one conversations your brand is being built brick by brick by brick and your brand is going to impact where you go with your career and your next opportunity do you get the promotion do you, you know do you grow with your career um, within the presentation we also talk about all of our different perspectives so for me and in, in how I've developed my career I was scared to death of giving presentations. You know, I was the person that stuttered in high school giving a presentation.
1: Yeah, and me too.
5: Yeah. And it's, and you, so part of being a leader is you have to step out of your comfort zone. And still to this day, I really don't, I don't enjoy starting a presentation. But once I start doing it, I just get into it, right? Yeah, I remember
1: telling someone, uh, uh, if you could see me just before I come up onto the stage, you wouldn't have any idea how exactly,
5: much my knees are knocking. Exactly. You know. So being a leader, it's not, you know, necessarily being the person you have to be able to motivate others. You have to, it's a lot of soft skills, but you're always challenging yourself. You know, a leader cannot be comfortable. They cannot be complacent. You have to always kind of get out of your comfort zone. And I find myself doing that all the time.
1: Now that putting it that way, it sounds like, uh, you know, leadership is also taking a risk, mm, which true. is. The opposite of what we're actually doing in this industry, where we're mitigating risk,
5: mm-hmm. would True. that be fair to say? I would. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. There's a lot of gray area within business continuity, so you know, if you not only le- not only look at the leadership aspect, but the, the, there's a lot of different ways to approach business, country, and planning. I think as a leader, you have to be able to look at all the different approaches, be inclusive of everyone. So it's not a black and white approach by any means. And not every leader is exactly the same either. You have your own style, your own technique, and you have to go with it and be genuine with who you are.
1: And we all have our own backgrounds, our the organizations, what we do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our hierarchies, our product and services are all different. So I, I guess leadership can't really just be one mold fits all
5: exactly exactly you
1: know it's all the soft skills and um i i I was wondering is empowerment also something that a good leader does
5: i would think so yeah yeah you're empowering others you're um you know you're and in this industry you have to be able to work cohesively as a team and you know empower others to also step out of their comfort zone and rise for the challenge
1: even if you are empowering other people and some of all those soft skills that you mentioned, I guess good leadership also knows when to step in and make the big, de- big decisions, mm-hmm. and the big call, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to be decisive at the same time too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it's got to be a tricky balance then.
5: Mm-hmm. It sure is. It how, sure is. How,
1: any, any advice for people who are like, well, how do I, how can I let people do what they need to do? And at the same time, you know, I don't want to say keep a grip on them, but, you know, keep them corralled so they don't go too far.
5: Well, you know, again, you have to kind of read other people and and see how they're reacting too. So if they're not stepping up to the challenge, you have to kind of coach them and and you know again motivate them and encourage them and empower them. Um, and again, some people you know just are not comfortable in that role. So you have to acknowledge that too. And if you have a, all leaders, that's not going to really make make a team. You have to have right. varies you know varied skill sets within that team.
1: It goes back to uh, like that saying, too many chefs in the kitchen, have exactly. you will know, spoil the yeah. meal. Yeah, yeah, right, very true. What if somebody out there wants to be a leader? What would you suggest you know, from what you've seen and experienced um, to help them maybe move forward you know, so, to, to, to learn some of those soft skills that you mentioned?
5: And I think that's a great, and one thing I always forget to mention is you don't have to wait till you have 10 years, 15 years experience to have those leadership skills. You can start developing those leadership skills at any point within your career. So going out there and doing the public speaking, um, writing a white paper, um, getting out there and serving on a board. You know, you you can do this at any point, entry level within your career. And I've seen a lot of great individuals early in their career just have, it's just a, a, a gift. They are born leaders.
1: Well, we have one minute left, as Ryan okay. just told me. Do you have any closing comments that you'd like to say about, you know, people, uh, your your topic tomorrow? or?
5: Well, I would like to say that, you know, again, it's just really important to, to, t- to test yourself, to, to step out of your comfort zone. And even here at the conference, I see people just kind of walk by, here's an opportunity to network with each other and really learn from each other. And it's an opportunity that some industries don't have.
1: Take that risk and take that step forward because that's exactly. the only way you will move forward, yes, right?
5: Exactly, exactly. Well, it's
1: great. Um, Probably about 30 seconds left. You had some wonderful news I saw in an email regarding Mm -hmm. BC management. Can you take that 30 seconds and tell us
5: what that is? Sure, of course. So we're really, really fortunate with the transition. Um, My old company, Firestorm, unfortunately is no longer in the industry and wasn't a choice of ours. But I've been working with Evolution since the foundation of the company. I've known Robert and Brian for, gosh, over 15 years. And it was a just a easy transition for us. We've always worked closely together and it's been phenomenal. It's been an incredible journey and we're just so excited about the next next chapter. Great.
1: Congratulations on thank that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your time once again, Cheyenne. It's great to have you on the show. Yes, again. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. And we are broadcasting live from DRJ Phoenix today and we'll be right back.